Hello, and welcome to Spectology, the science fiction book club podcast. I'm your host, Adrian. And I'm Matt. Oh, us now? I'm so sorry. I thought you were... <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> you guys now. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Just leave it in. This is exactly what nope, I wanted. No, nope, no, nope. I'm so sorry. I thought you were going to say, like, we're joined. I'm so sorry. Uh... No, it's good. <laughs> um, and I'm Gin Jenny. <laughs> and I'm Whiskey Jenny. We're the demographically similar Jennies. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Oh, yes. Welcome, guys. Welcome back. Uh, Thank I, you so much uh, for having us. Oh, uh, anytime, please. I, uh, I was going to say off air, but I saved it for the content, guys. I just wanted to say, like, I love your shtick so much. I love <laughs> the, like, drink name Jenny. I love the, like, demographically similar epithet. I love all your shticks. I think you guys are killing it. Thank you. That's that. so nice. I, so when you said shtick, I was like, like just that, like we like each other because that's not a shtick. That's, <laughs> that's not a shtick. I, I think that's like the reality of your deep friendship. But also, you have a shtick that I like. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. We had one guy review our podcast, and he was like. The Jennies are smart, um, but they think each other are too funny and their voices are too girly. <laughs> they laugh They laugh way too much. There's just too much giggling. And we were like, Bars. sir, if you could hear how much laughing we cut, you would you would thank us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't confirm. Yeah, especially from the like Three Musketeers sections. I feel like those are our <laughs> like, giggly sections. Just, I just love the idea of somebody like taking the trouble to like listen to your stuff and then like thinking to themselves, you know, they're going to need this advice. Like, yeah. It's really my responsibility to let them right. know. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, you know, welcome to the world of podcast reviews. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Which, speaking of which, if anyone would like to re- review our podcast, it really <laughs> helps on IT. <laughs> oh, my God, y'all. I haven't reviewed your podcast. I'm going to do that right after we get finished. I'm just going to. I always forget to. Honestly, I always forget to review my friend's podcast. I'm always like, yeah, one day I'm going to just sit down and tear right through them, but I never do. That's a really Three good stars, idea. I should review pretty yours. okay, but really they sound too manly. <laughs> oh, God. They sound like they're pretending to be adult men, but they're not. I mean, that's how I feel usually. So that's, you know. Anyway, if you're new here, we're Spectology. We're a science fiction book club. Uh, every month we pick a book, read it, and talk about it over the course of two episodes. Uh, this month we are reading uh, which which Zen Cho book are we reading? We're reading The True Queen by Zen Cho. Yeah. Uh, a new author to me, uh, recommended by our guests, who, as you heard, are the Jennies from the Reading the End podcast. So do you guys want to introduce yourself a little bit and talk about the podcast and all that stuff? Uh, yeah, we uh, we podcast at Reading the End, uh, which is a biweekly book podcast uh, of many genres, including but not limited to uh, science fiction and fantasy. Um, and the last time one of us proposed a group read of a Zen Cho book, it went badly. And so this is going to be our corrective <laughs> emotional experience. <laughs> I really, I really appreciate that. Cause I am the one for whom it went horribly awry. Oh. Uh, this is oh. Whiskey Jenny and now talking. Real talk. Uh, I, I proposed it for a book club and boy, everyone else hated it so much. Um, Unfathomable to me. Which was a real shame. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I've sort of been scared off. <laughs> Not because is... I didn't like it, but just because it was such a, like, uh, it just reminds me of that horrible book club meeting. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I feel like I'm that's... Looking, I'm looking forward to um, wiping the slate clean. Yeah. Yeah. I, Jin Jenny, suggested this book because, partly because I wanted to read it and I haven't yet, um, but also partly because I, I was really miffed on your behalf. I, I think I strongly <laughs> supported you proposing it for book club and I just didn't understand what 
their problem was. Sorcerer of the Crown right. is delightful. That is such a classic book club experience. Like yeah. there's certain things that kind of only make sense in a book. Like there's like these classic book club experiences. One of them is you're really excited about a book and you propose it and you're like so excited to talk about this book that you love with everybody and they all hate it for yeah. no reason. And then that does become like a, you know, just this feeling of like, oh, they must hate me as well. Yeah. And I'm not at all emotionally prepared for that. When when Whiskey Jenny and I were in a book club together, we had a system where uh, the person whose turn it was to choose picked three books and everyone voted. Mm -hmm. So everyone was implicated. So if it went awry, yeah. everyone classic, was at fault. Classic. That's that's a good, that's a good system. Yeah, the logic of oligarchy. System. Yeah. Right, it was, right. Not to brag, but it was my idea. And it was very fucking solid. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just preface it with not to brag. Amazing. Then, <laughs> yeah, I think you should brag about that because that's a oh, pretty she good can. system. Yeah, it's yeah, called yeah, bragging. Like system. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I very distinctly said not, not to brag. <laughs> my apologies. Yeah. I must have misheard you. Rude. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> So um, I don't really know anything about Zencho or the True Queen, except for that our last guest uh, commented about Zencho and how much she liked her on the last podcast we hosted with her, Julia Rios. And so I've been very much looking forward to this because you guys recommended it like the day after we recorded that. And I Aww. heard like, oh, Zencho is really great. I'm like, oh, perfect. Uh, this is a very ideal pick in a lot of ways for us. Um, so I'm really looking forward to it because it sounds like it's, malaysian inspired but also like what regency london high society inspired like historical fantasy like the two kind of weaving together yeah the the previous so this is a companion novel um to her her debut novel which was sorcerer to the crown um and that mm -hmm. one i have read and really well both of us of course have read and um both really enjoyed um and i think and that one had uh some sort of malaysian mythological figures in it um but this one i think features uh its protagonists are in fact from malaysia so i think it's going to be even more like mm. post-colonial and cool dope cool. i'm yeah. so excited i have also heard only good things about zen show i've never read any zen show but um julia um and you know various other people i know who have read her are like yeah you should read zen show you'll like it it's up your alley <laughs> Yes. Yeah, she's she's great. Very she great. um she won a Hugo last year, I think, for her novelette. If you if at first you don't succeed, try try again, um, which is just a tremendous like it's a very uh like heartwarming and lovely story um that I recommend highly. And I also um interviewed her for my little blog interview series, Authors in Fandom, um, and she was super nice. And she said something really really lovely, oh, which nice. was that reading and writing. Yeah, she said something like that reading and writing fanfic had taught her to chase joy as a writer. And I thought that was just a really beautiful sentiment. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I mean, I think like that's in a lot of ways, like that's like the core of what people I think respond to about genre fiction versus mm -hmm. so-called lit fic or whatever. Um, like so-called so like mainstream fiction or whatever. Shade. The fuck you, I don't even know what that means. But like there's this like the, the maybe like the key difference is that, um, you know, people are really like focused on like making a story that's fun, that's joyful, that people like really want to read, yeah. not a story about like a English professor who's having an affair. I knew you were going to say that. I feel <laughs> oh like I could have said that along with you. It's Philip Roth. I mean, it's a stereotype for a reason. Like <laughs> yeah, it's no, not it just is. Philip Roth, yeah. but it's like, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why it's a stereotype is it's not just Philip Roth. <laughs> yeah. 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 
Um, yeah, and I do. I should. We. I think we should say too. This is a like you mentioned a companion novel to a previous novel, but it doesn't require having read the other novel to read and enjoy this one. Like I, I haven't read any of Zen Cho. I think Matt's in the same boat. We're coming to this like first, yep. whereas the Jennies are coming to it second. So we'll get to kind of like discuss that. I think in the post read a little bit, like how much does the book rely on the other one? You know, is it world building? Is it anything else or does it actually work on its own? So um, I think it is a good place to start. You know, I, I always want to preface that for listeners just because like we usually don't read books that are part of a series. And this one sure. is like kind of, um, but not actually like a series, but rather a world. Yeah. Book club for the person with no time <laughs> to read a series. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, like myself, <laughs> I ne- don't read series anymore. <laughs> Next month we'll be doing, uh, the eye of the world book one of Wheel of time. <laughs> no, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> not gonna happen <laughs> might be very good and no idea never will know <laughs> <laughs> no so i i i that that is like a like a cheap shot kind of because i actually really like like i read eye of the world three times as a kid and i don't reread things like i love Damn. i love that stuff you know so <laughs> yeah. yeah matt's matt's matt matt has like both time and somehow ability to read in a way that like well, I never that, have. I'm talking about 20 years ago I read. You know, like, it's <laughs> no, not... you read like three novels a month and I'm like lucky if I get through our novel by the time we're supposed <laughs> to record the post read. So. <laughs> yeah, Whiskey Jenny and I can relate. <laughs> I, uh, I have, um, we've talked about this on air before, but since the uh, pandemic, I have mm-hmm. not read anything. Like, <laughs> it's like yeah. really weird. It's yeah. very, it's a very, uh, it's very strange, um, actually. It's like, yeah, that's one of the things about my like life now that is very different, and that feels weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've only watched a single movie, and that was The Incredibles one time when I woke up at 5 a.m. with extreme anxiety and just like that's a great one for The Incredibles. Pick, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I was like, I was like, I can't, I can't. I can't go back to bed. I can't do anything. So I watched yeah. that. And then my alarm went off right as it was ending. And I was Aww. like, well, I guess I did that instead of sleep. Now I'm up. <laughs> yeah, right. Now yeah. it's time to be awake and a person. <laughs> hot take. Yeah. Incredibles. Best Pixar movie. Mm. Oh, interesting. Ooh, that interesting. That yeah. is a hot take. I stand hot. by it. Yeah. Spicy. I would have to, I would have to, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't even know which movies are Pixar movies and which mm-hmm. one are like Disney movies now that they're all 3D animated. Cars so. 2. <laughs> yeah, I think it's. I'm gonna. That's I'm gonna stake my claim. It's better than Cars too. I think that's that's probably fair from what I've heard about Caliente, the Cars movies. I believe is the word for that. <laughs> I I liked Wall-E was a Pixar movie, right? That was a pretty good one. I saw yeah, that. I like Wall-E. I like Wall-E a lot. Honestly, I yeah. love. I love like in the super cliched way. I love the sort of dialogueless opening. The like yeah. very long, mm-hmm. no dialogue mm-hmm. opening. It's so good. I also I really liked the Toy Story movies as a kid, but I don't know if I've mm. seen them since I was a kid. So I've just never, like the first two, even. I've never liked them. Oh, they're really? very sad. Yeah, they they're are too, very. Sad. They're too sad, yeah. especially the third one. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I okay. Well, that's ex- I'm all about sad shit. Like that's my I mean, bread look, and butter. So. Me too, in some <laughs> circumstances. But like, God. <laughs> Uh, tears and depression in a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, <Mont-Rush. right. laughs> is there cheese at least? <laughs> I'd put cheese on, but this is Adrian we're talking about. Mm, cheese and oh no, I put cheese on everything. We're good. Nice. We're tear and cheese nice. sandwich sounds exactly <laughs> what the doctor orders. Nice. 
This is all sorts of salt. The yeah, uh, the salty salt. tears represent salty tears. It's like a <laughs> it's like an oblique. Sure. Yeah. Oh, so the we only, should also. Oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say the only book I've finished, managed to like finish, start to finish during this time is Sorcery in Sicilia, which is another Regency era historical mm. fantasy book with magic. Nice. So I'm, I'm I have really high hopes for this book as well. That <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, gonna I be mean, doable you, during these times. Capital you T's. have to go to the happy place, you know. Yeah. Like don't, don't like yep. pass the happy place by yeah. and go to a mediocre place. Go straight there. Not now. No. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. no. I mean, the, the, the one book I've read was our book last month, which was um, The Tea Master and the Detective mm. by Elliot Oh, Bernard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is all, yeah. I mean, it's all yeah. Regency, but it is, right, like Sherlockian. Sherlock. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, whatever, it's Sherlock Whatever Holmes. you call yeah, that. Totally. Right. So it's like, very much it was up that alley of like, it was also like 150 pages, which made it like doable. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> In that I read it the day we recorded the podcast. Nice. <laughs> We've all done that. Well yeah, done. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a move. It's Better a move. than the month before, where we just straight up didn't finish the book, and we're like, "That's fine. <laughs> Not finishing okay. the book in March is fine." <laughs> yeah, a philosophical it fable March, about okay. loneliness and grief. <laughs> yeah, right. Which I have, I have <laughs> no. been thinking about that book a lot, nah. or at least it's been coming up in therapy more than once. <laughs> that's a, that's a, Adrian, that's a bug, not a feature, dude. Like, <laughs> like I don't know, man. Like a book about how, like you know, when you live alone and have no one else to talk to, like you begin to question the very fabric of reality. Feels pretty fucking right on right now. <laughs> yeah. Is this just real life, or is this a fantasy? Of grief and loneliness. What <laughs> even is real life is the real question for me right now. Yeah, I saw someone saying, like, we're definitely not Earth Prime. And I've thought about that a lot. Yeah, then. absolutely. Absolutely. They're like, we're like probably like Earth 17 at the <laughs> <Yeah>. highest. <laughs> so I, one thing I love, like a question that I find really interesting is the question, what like tropes or memes has this like cultural space contributed to the broader culture you know and like i think comic books have contributed like a thing they have contributed is the concept of like timelines and like earth prime mm -hmm. you know sure. which sure. at this point people are like that's just that's just the culture now like people talk about that all the time Wait, who have never so read comic books is Earth Prime the primary Earth or is it mm -hmm. the secondary Earth? I thought of that. That's it, man. That is exactly what I thought. That's exactly what secondary. I thought. Yeah, because I I was friends with the, the yeah. guy I was dating in college. His name was Steve, and he had a friend named Steve, and we called the second one S Prime for yeah. this very right. reason. I oh know. I thought of that too. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god, that's so mean. Oh no, also, it's actually very clever because Prime has more than one meaning. <laughs> God, remember when we were in India and we met those two guys and their names were both, we went on a bike tour and there were two guys who were our hosts and their names were both Raju. And we were like, really? That's such a coincidence that you guys have the same name. And, they and were like, we had the same name. We were like, oh, we're both Jenny. And they were like, and they seemed, big deal. Yeah, they seemed very weirded out by it. I'm not sure they believed us. It was a whole weird situation. They were like, okay. They're like, are you making fun of us? You're fucking no, with us, right? This is a bit. Why are you doing this? Just tell me your real name. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. It, was great, it was a lovely bike tour, though. It was a terrific bike tour. But I think in both <sighs> in our both bike tours, there was like something they didn't believe about us. Because remember, John didn't really believe my legs were that short. <laughs> How, what did he think you were doing? I don't know. He was like, he was like, the bike is down as low as it can go, and you're quite tall. And I was like, I know, man, but it's all torso. Like this like, is all look. torso. <laughs> 
Yeah, I fell off my bike <sighs> repeatedly. I fell off my bike in the Muslim quarter, and all these like goats and children laughed at me. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I, I don't think... know what he thought that you were like making it up for attention or something. <laughs> God, that thing. is. I don't know. He was really nice. So they were good. all lovely, yeah, lovely, lovely, tour, lovely, tour, lovely guys. Beautiful tour. Yep. Very informative <laughs> is the great thing to say about this tour to make to make right. sure that we know Ooh. that it was good. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. I I'm sorry. It. I'm so sorry. We've strayed from the path. I don't even remember yeah, what we're talking fine. about. No, no. <laughs> the the real path is the path to joy, and we're on it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, things we should talk about regarding this book. You both had good ideas, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not the ideas guy today. So, like, <laughs> what do you want to talk about? I also I liked your ideas, despite not responding to any of these emails. I did read them, and yeah. I thought they were great. Oh, terrific! No. Well, I mean, I don't know, Whiskey Jane. Do you want to start with your thing, or do you want me to start with like the you genre? Go. Okay, you go with the genre. That seems like a good introduction. Yeah. Um, so this is a historical fantasy. Um, and I was kind of just wondering what everyone's experience with historical fantasy as a genre was. Because mm. I fucking love it. Wait, can I swear on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because I Absolutely fucking, fucking love it. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have, yeah, we have like, we're not marked explicit. So we have like unofficial network TV swearing rules on our podcast. Uh, okay. No, we are actually marked explicit because I don't want to fucking edit that shit out. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so what is everyone's, what is everyone's experience with historical fantasy? Relatively little, I would uh-huh. say, on my end, which is probably like not surprising, right? Like we talked about fantasy the last time you two mm-hmm. were on, and you know, oh, it's so like, we did. That's right. Yeah, I'm like the guy who like Good doesn't combo. actually read all that much. What? It was, it was. Yeah, and I so, actually listened back to it, which I I, I rarely do, um, yeah. because I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Aww, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's definitely one I've listened to a few times, being like, I'm sad. I want to listen to Friends. Aww. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so no, I I have read. I feel like relatively little. I'm sure there is stuff I have read that would be, I, you know, I think a lot of the stuff that I have would maybe kind of fit a little bit in the more like literary fantasy mm-hmm. kind of world. I'm thinking of stuff like um, uh, Invisible Cities or like the Sion like novellas, who's like this, this Icelandic writer. Um, it, 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 like stuff that's maybe kind of like literary magical realism type stuff. I don't know that I've read a whole lot of like, you know, you know what? What's the the big one that everyone likes? Susanna Clark's novel. Like yeah, I haven't, I haven't read you say her. that as though there isn't a particular interest in that book <laughs> present <laughs> on this pod. I want to just I want to just do a little show and tell for y'all. <laughs> Absolutely, a hundred percent. Do it. This is why. This is why we have video on podcasts. Uh-huh. Right. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We're looking at oh, are yes. two copies. Are there two three copies? Books, one? Yeah, are, what's, what's, the... what's going on here? Yeah, yeah what's so, the three books? Yeah, so I have one copy of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell that's a big mm-hmm. hardback. Okay. But mm-hmm. then I also, at Barnes & Noble, for $7, got this edition, which is the same book, but in three normal size paperbacks oh cool yeah that's so awesome can, yeah more so books like, should do that i, I would love read that. more big books if they did that honestly. yes i really i reread jonathan that's strange awesome. and mr norrell once every couple years and the reason is i have this nice portable edition that's mm-hmm. awesome mm-hmm. yeah i love that mm-hmm. um uh shit i'm forgetting which of you is supposed to be whiskey and which of you is Jen. I'm, I'm Jen. <laughs> okay okay whiskey jenny yeah uh what is your interest in historical fantasy what is uh, your experience 
Yeah. So I think I, I think I said this last time, I think I'm, I'm still sort of a newbie in general to fantasy and science fiction, but I would say of what I've read, most of it is historical fantasy. I read, um, and like really strongly imprinted on the once and future King as a, mm. as a, as a, as a wee tot, which I've not revisited as an adult at, uh, someone's mm. urging at someone's urging. So I, I, I'm just putting that out there that I recognize that it might have some, um, uh, stumbles, but um, young me loved it and like had so many quotes from it and little post-it notes up on my closet. Aww. All things not forbidden or compulsory. Uh, no, there was um, there's this really lovely story where he. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, one of my favorite ones, and it's actually, and I think it appeared in um, our our friend Robert Rupino wrote a book, um, uh, where like there's a war between animals and humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he also quoted it. But there's this lovely little story where uh, Merlin is turning Arthur into all different kinds of animals so that he can go experience all the differences. And um, it, like, it's a, like a, an anecdote about how war is hell, basically. Um, but all Merlin says is like, well, which animal did you enjoy being more? A, a, I think it's a goose or an ant. And the, like the ants are of a very warfare-like society or something. I'm sure I'm butchering the quote. But it was really lovely and like... A very subtle way of being like, yeah, war sucks. It's horrible. We shouldn't do it. So did anyway. he want to be? Did he want to be a horrible goose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we all want to be horrible, horrible yeah, goose, yeah. gooses. There right is now. a reason, like you know, Super the anti goose game became <laughs> became like game of the year last year. For sure, yeah. do want to become horrible I geese? I do have a soft spot for geese because I think everybody is just constantly talking about how horrible they are, they and are it's like horrible. Like okay, they, they attack some people. They never attacked me. <laughs> Like, let, let me tell you. Attacked me. Okay, couple things. Number Wait. one, they've they've attacked your longtime friend Adrian, and I think you should have some loyalty. <laughs> Be of all. I'm also, like it's been established, I'm not the bird guy. Like <laughs> that's canon now. Not a big not fan. Not the bird guy. Amazing. Be of all. In addition to the fact that they attack people, they shit everywhere. I lived in England for a season, and the university where I went to school had uh, geese at the like on the grounds and it was just like and in the winter it was like goose shit and ice everywhere mm-hmm. which is the most miserable combination yes but geese do it all over the path where you're yeah. walking and they're also the big so it's not like it's not like it's, little bits it's, not like it's, a volu- it's a volume issue yeah, yeah maybe yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think of this as like you know if if somebody likes an animal then they tend to see a lot of those such, sorts of things as just like not an issue like sure. people complain all the time about like people who don't have dogs are often say like, oh, man, you know, I, I just would never want to walk it. Whereas, you know, me, a guy who like grew up with dogs, like I love walking dogs. It's fun. Sure. I like fun. it. Walking is great. Dogs are great. Combine the two. Yeah. <laughs> Even similarly, also, similarly, I, mean- I love goose shit. <laughs> <laughs> I admit I have been accused by friend of the podcast Ashley of being hostile to birds. So like I I will just mention that. <laughs> Don't make me do a spit take with this nice beer. <laughs> My grandmother um was a big bird watcher and loved like we had they they had bird feeders up at their yard all, all the time and like would um check the field guide if there was a rare one and stuff. But she had this classification like some things were trash birds mm-hmm. and she oh, just yeah, didn't totally. like them. 
Yeah, and I thought, like, we never could figure out what, what got called a trash bird and what was not. But like, I really want to know. <laughs> we could, I mean, that, we could have figured makes... out what the determination was, but, like, blue jays, trash birds. Trash birds. Yeah. Bird. True. True. Blue oh, birds, like, the best bird ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, like, crows, trash birds, trash ravens. Bird. Great. Great. Yeah. Phenomenal. Well, how Amazing. do you decide? Amazing. Because tro- crows They're are trash and ravens birds, are beautiful. You weirdo. No, but like ravens like live alone and like are smart and crows like wow. live in packs and like attack you. Crows are very smart. Yeah, but they're like asshole smart. Okay, sure, fine. I mean fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking trash bird. <laughs> um, you I've had some bad experience with You anti bird like, people. I don't get it. Yeah. Right. So I mean, yeah. I'm the anti bird person. I also spend like an inordinate amount of my time like leaning out my back window with my binoculars looking at all the birds uh, that have moved right. into Queens now. That, yeah. 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 So like yeah. I, I sometimes worry like my what uh, do my neighbors think because I am leaning out my back window with binoculars. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm not sure. looking at you. I'm looking at the like the crows and the ravens fighting because like that's interesting. That is interesting. <laughs> yeah. sure. Can yeah. I have, I have they ever now? believed that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not like I talk to anyone, whatever. <laughs> it's, it's New York City. They can think what they fucking want to think. Yeah, exactly. That's I that, that I think is the liberty of living in New York. Yeah. No one cares right, exactly. about you. So you can do right, whatever right. you want. I know my next door neighbors. I know my downstairs neighbors. I don't give a shit about anyone else. Yeah, The real <laughs> fantasy element of the apartment is the idea that somebody would be looking out the window and giving a shit. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Before we move off of birds, I just want to quick plug for Wingspan, which is a great board game. Ooh, oh, okay. That involves that where you like manage a bird sanctuary and mostly <laughs> you're just like collecting birds and they can no lay little eggs way. on their Aww. on their thing and like you want food for them. What do I click on to buy it? It's uh, <laughs> all the like illustration, like each bird there's it's all unique bird cards there's no duplicates and each one is this like lovely like field <laughs> illustration of it and it's just great it's really great the color of matt's face has changed which means <laughs> that he has indeed opened up a blank browser window <laughs> to google this <laughs> this board it's game wingspan, and it's great. <laughs> like i can How see the reflection of safari on his the face. color of my face <laughs> <laughs> the color of my face is a security breach <laughs> sucks <laughs> but that so is we- true that is actually <laughs> So wait, Matt, have we heard your 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 background on historical fantasy? Not in the slightest, but I'm happy to tell you. <laughs> My background <laughs> is that I love it. I've always loved it. I mean, like I I'm I love that stuff. I I, I don't know. I like I um <clears throat> it's interesting. I I when you said um The Once a Future King is something I loved as a kid also. Um also shout out to the Disney movie. Like that cartoon is I awesome. I never saw it. I've never really? seen it either. Yeah, no, oh, I never my have. God. I never saw anything as a kid. Well, fair enough. Um Wait, you mean the 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 sword and the stone? Yeah, sword and stone. It's based oh, on the Oh no, I saw. King. Yeah, okay, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I did yeah, see sword. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I thought you meant there was like a separate. I was like, man, Disney really no, no, going no, no, all no. in on King Arthur. Yeah, no, sword and the stone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sword and the stone. That one. Here's here's. Let me tell you the thing about sword and the stone. I can't tolerate when they turn into squirrels. And <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's like even thinking about it now, I'm filled with like an existential sadness because um, Merlin and. Uh, Arthur both turn into little squirrels and they're both like uh, chased by these amorous lady squirrels. Mm-hmm. And at the right. end of the sequence, they leave, they turn back into men or into people. Yeah. And, yeah. and the lady squirrel are left behind. And the little one who was into Arthur makes the saddest noise that like echoes through my nightmares. Yeah. It's so desolate. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that the movie like the book, has like these very weird moments of um 
you you can't quite call it great writing because it's not eliciting the 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 emotion that it was intended to elicit, but it's like very powerful writing in the way that like powerful is actually like a super backhanded compliment. So so really really brief tangential hot take, but I I know squirrels aren't birds, but they're definitely trash birds. Oh, they're trash. <laughs> no, yeah. they're trash. squirrels and their little bushy tails. And no, I, they're, they're trash. So yeah. I have Fluffy. seen. Here's the thing. Here's the Squirrel thing. Squirrel Girl is great. Have you read Squirrel, Squirrel Girl? Squirrel Girl is great. Squirrel Girl is great. Squirrel Girl is terrific. I love looking out the window and watching squirrels. That's the thing that I because I can't see birds from my window. Like <laughs> in the kitchen, like we see squirrels a lot, but don't usually yeah, see birds. Yeah, I see squirrels too, but I don't watch them. I have seen too many squirrels <laughs> you assault your other gaze. squirrels. <laughs> Adrian's like, oh God, a squirrel. What else can I look at? <laughs> this blank wall. Are yes. there any birds for me to my judge? My eyes, my eyes. <laughs> no, I've just seen, I've seen way too many squirrels uh sexually assault other squirrels it's a distressing yeah. it's a distressing spectacle <sighs> i see it all the time at my work because we have a lot of oak trees at my work so there's a lot mm. of squirrels and mm -hmm. they during the season they like violently chase each other down it's very upsetting are, are, I mean, they're like, also vermin like they used to we yeah. used to they, have like they squirrels are that would like nest yeah. in our roof growing up and mm -hmm. it was like mm -hmm. a problem like yeah, there'd they be go fucking <laughs> squirrels in the room vermin is just a pejorative word for small mammals though Yes, the, but it's the trash deserved. ones. <laughs> yeah, like possums. Yeah. Look, Whiskey Jenny, yeah. I know your views on possums, they're but so cute. Cute. they're not. They're yeah. not cute. They're, they're so adorable. Cute. They're like ghost <laughs> vampire <laughs> mammals. Yeah, no, ghost no, 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 no. I will say that growing up, my dog would kill a possum a week and bring it to us. <gasps> Damn. Um, she was a so mighty huntress. Hardcore. How big was your dog? She was not that big, but the possum, yeah. I mean, the possums were like half her size, so it's not that Still, crazy. But I'm impressed. weak. My dog is stupid. She's so great, but she could not kill a squirrel. Or, I mean, she could not kill a possum. Yeah. No My parents' dog is seven pounds, so I don't think she can kill <laughs> My cat is underweight and weighs more than your parents' dog. I, like, I, get wor I get worried when there's like a bee nearby. Like, that bee could probably take her. I don't know. Oh, man. Bees are another thing that people hate that, is, that are actually adorable. No, I love a bee. Uh, bees good. are good. I like bees. Okay. Okay. I also I like spiders okay. a agree. lot. Oh yes, yeah, we can all agree. Like I don't, I don't kill spiders ever. I have, a, I have a deal with spiders in my house. If they don't fuck with me, I'm not going to fuck with them. A hundred percent. So as long as they stay in their corner yeah. and don't create yeah. egg sacs and don't fuck <laughs> with me, don't create then, egg sacs. Then fuck. Uh, the egg sacs can be a problem because, like, yes, that's a lot of spiders yes. at that point. That's like oh way too God. many spiders. Yeah. You're so like you're like portraying this this uh, this uh, diplomatic settlement as though yeah. it were like a fair and balanced deal. You know, and both yeah. sides give and both sides take but like what you're saying is you're you want them to slowly die out <laughs> well, okay. no, we can procreate okay. elsewhere elsewhere yes 100 percent outside of my house also not in I'm, the bedroom. I'm not having progeny either that's a deal that we've made to <laughs> each oh, other okay okay well i didn't so, that was that that clause yeah. was not originally stated so i thought it was i, implied. I stand correct yeah, i i i fully support <laughs> your deal with the spiders and you have made a similar one myself yeah, i just and really like, enjoy like the vision of the head of of the Jin Jenny clan and the head of the spider clan like coming together over I don't know what you would eat together and like it's shaking little shaking its little hand and yeah. oh, it'd be so cute. Yeah. Like, the, taps the, its little paws on the is. table and the like, hand gestures yeah. you guys are making are amazing. I wish we could share these hand gestures. So good. Matt is also a noted spider fan. Although I don't know if that's just fictional spiders or if you're also a well, I have, spider. I have person. an interesting quality in that um 
I like. I I'm no one of those people who, like, expect. if I see... Yeah, right. <laughs> Wait, what did you say? I said I have no, no idea, idea what to expect. With yeah. that <laughs> I believe she's quality in that. I am a spider. Literally. <laughs> literally. I am quality, which is all your eight hands. Weirdest thing. It's so weird. I, I often... You know, make egg hey. sacs. I mean, whatever. Sure. You know? <laughs> yeah, I have a thorax. No big deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. So, like, when I see bugs close up, like, say I'm watching a David Attenborough nature documentary and mm-hmm. it's like about insects or something, um, I get wigged out like very viscerally. But oh. I think that they're cool. Like, so it's a constant battle with me. Like, my mm-hmm. friends in high school, especially, would always like. We we loved watching like. I, I mean, at every age of my life, I've loved watching like nature documentaries with friends, just like chilling out and like putting something on. That's like an awesome nature documentary. And insects. I know that makes me like a, the world's lamest person. No, it's just it's very charming to be like, yeah, kick it back with your friends in a nature documentary. <laughs> It's so lovely. Right. Oh. It's like, you know, like biggest stoner ever who doesn't smoke weed <laughs> yeah. situation. Yes. No weed was smoked at any of these events. Sure. Sure. Guaranteed. Of course not. Um, Obviously not. That would be illegal. So the uh, uh, the constant battle is 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 real, you know, because like mm-hmm. literally a spider would appear on the screen and I would I would you know, my reaction is very like physical. It's like, ugh. but I mean, I think it's awesome. So I want to watch this and I, I can't resist. It's like people who love horror movies but are really scared by them. It's like that. <laughs> are you yeah. – So you, is you it, would be is in – cho- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Is it the same if they're from far away or is it just when they're like close up and really big? The close question. up is what does it. It's it's like the closer you see of like the horrific reality of their insane <laughs> physical – monstrosities like they're they are claws monstrous. and mandibles and they are so, so in bulging time, you would have been and... one of the humans who like desperately wanted to love spider culture but like physiologically couldn't because yeah. the spiders oh, like wigged absolutely out too much. absolutely i mean they're so awesome obviously they're obviously awesome i mean you know they're 100 percent the heroes but they're also like like if i were presented with porkia like in front of me i would like right. i would be like Portia. I would have this powerful negative physical reaction, even even though my sort of see, I love the idea of like a small dog sized spider. That sounds great to me. What does love yeah. mean when you're talking about a small dog sized spider? Right, like, like <laughs> birds definitely can't feel love, but I think tarantulas what? might be able to. Absolute garbage. Are you absolutely like, untrue? My friend had tarantulas. Statement and I'm is tell a you. trash yeah. bird. <laughs> <laughs> My friend had tarantulas. She bred them for some fucking reason. That's cool. And no, it's not. See, I, if I saw that happen, response I was would... like, that's kind of weird, honestly. It is weird. <laughs> no, see, she like. Had, <sighs> no, she had snakes and I loved the snakes. I snakes loved are cool. The snakes. snakes are cool. But I couldn't get on board I mean, with snakes definitely don't feel love and will no. happily kill you if, you know, that's they feel, the right thing for them to do. Snakes feel warmth, which is why they yeah. liked, you know, going right, exactly. in my hair. But right. they don't feel love. No. No. no, no, no chance at all. You guys need to anthropomorphize stuff more. <laughs> <laughs> See, you say that, but like we're still alive, so like maybe I'm not. I'm still alive too. <laughs> what am I dead? <laughs> I, I, I genuinely thought you meant like on our podcast. I thought that was like a podcast critique for me and Whiskey Day. Yeah, I'm like leaving a comment. To take back with us, yeah. Like you know, this podcast is pretty good. 
They talk about a, a wide range of books. Um, They're they obviously smart, so you can't call really, me a sexist. But. And, and, and they, don't, they don't really anthropomorphize animals. Yeah. yeah. They think Sorry, animals are so lame when obviously they're not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> so I literally don't know how we got here where we're supposed to go from here. Well, we were talking about Zen show and natural. <laughs> well, we were talking about, I think, uh, historical fantasy and T.H. White. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. A, a great example of historical yes. fantasy. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, I was I, thinking the other piece of historical fantasy that I did actually want to shout out because it is one of my favorite books is uh, the Thousand Autumns of Jacob de Zoet by David Mitchell, mm-hmm. which oh, sure. is like uh, like beautiful. That love great. it. Uh, Matt actually was the first one he gave me a David Mitchell book, mm-hmm. uh, the Cloud Atlas, way back in college. Proof that we are friends. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know where that came from, uh, but that, that that is that is but like again that kind of fits in this like very much this like sort of like literary like mm-hmm. you know sort of like world as opposed yeah. to necessarily the kind of you know I don't know I feel like I'm curious what other sorts of like you know historical fantasy books there are even I feel like I might not even like know what the like range of possibilities is. Oh, Does Cersei I count? Can tell. Do we think Cersei? Absolutely, counts? yeah. yeah okay. Why would it not? Sh- yeah, well, I don't know. Sure. What do you? It's not. I guess it's history. It's history-ish. Okay. I mean, right? Uh, the, ish. Okay. Yeah, Trojan gold was found by oh, what's his face, Schulbert Schleeman. Schleeman. Um. So you know, history-ish. Okay, great. <laughs> well, they read I Cersei. Cersei was great. I love Cersei. Yeah. Okay. I think it's really interesting that um that the, the examples that you can think of, Adrian, are uh, more kind of literary fiction. Because when I was thinking about this, um, a lot of the ones that I was able to think of were uh, YA books and romance novels. Um. And mm-hmm. and I was well, and I was thinking specifically in reference to the True Queen um, that those are two genres in which Regency settings are quite common. Right. Um, and I, my working theory was that this is because um, those are two genres that are heavily dominated by women writers, mm-hmm. um, who are you know, I think a lot of us came up on Jane Austen, yeah. um, and a lot of the people who write that kind of thing also came up on uh, George at Hire. So there's, I mean, there's a, a vast subgenre of YA that's about kind of supernatural happenings in Victorian England. Like Libba Bray has a series. Gail Carriger oh, right. makes her living on this. Tarun Shankar and Kelly Zekas have a series. Um, so it's like super, super common. Um, that's awesome. That is something I haven't read. Like I have read um, a lot of like YA fantasy, but not historical mm-hmm. fantasy. Like, so like I read like the, uh, like I read like at one point I had read every Mercedes Lackey book. You know, and every oh like God. Anne McCaffrey book <laughs> and like every like fucking who wrote the Alana series. You know that? Oh, Tamora yeah, Pierce. Pierce. Tamora yeah, Pierce. Yeah. 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 All of those. Like, I love sure. that stuff. But yeah. it's not historical fantasy. So I wasn't thinking of it. Is no, it I read all this. Wait, why no, does that not they're, count? Because they're well, secondary, secondary world. Yeah. They're secondary oh, is it? World fantasy. Oh, right. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I read all those like really trash Tamora Pierce. I mean, not Tamora Pierce. Mercedes Lackey books when I was all the Voldemort books. Oh, yeah. I read all those. Many Let times. me tell you, Valdemar. What? Valdemar. It's Valdemar. The, yeah. I hate myself. It's the name of the country. Don't, it's V A L D. No, look, no I do. Don't, just because, <laughs> like, just because. What is it? Because Mercedes Lackey is like into filk. Like, why are we hating on her? Like, <laughs> okay, two things. One of all, it's because I've outgrown them, and I think they're kind of yeah. stupid now. Um, <laughs> secondly, I know all the songs from the Baltimore <laughs> books, and I can sing them to you right now. <laughs> yes. How can you sing them? How uh, do you know what the tune is? Okay, I'm she gonna made tell tunes. you, and I'm. I know you're gonna oh. judge me, but yeah, there were there were CDs. Yeah. Oh. And my sisters 
wealthier friend acquired them all. <laughs> I Look, I so I, mean, I don't this think that doesn't seem. I don't, yeah, I'm like not, yeah, this is great. You should not feel this. bad about that. Like right, like. I don't know, this man. It sounds I, way more wholesome than anything I did. It at is. That age. It so is. Like I, I don't like, know what the problem. Well, is. I, I'm not saying it's more wholesome than Adrian did. Plenty of wholesome shit. All right, give yourself some credit. <laughs> <laughs> You're frolicking in the forest. Maybe not so all right. Much. You're fro- You had like animal friends. You were like the kid who had like f- every animal in the forest was like your friend, and they would like follow you around and like. That is. Definitely God, you're not like, what you're the like Alaskan forests are garden. like. Oh, yeah. great! I was gonna say Cinderella. Yours is more complimentary. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think, I think it's, it's, it was a lot more like fighting off porcupines than anything else. But sure, okay, sure, sure, like in Homeward Bound. Exactly. Right, yeah, that's yeah. what I was We're, thinking yeah. of. No, I just no. thought I of Homeward Bound that, too. Like over and over again as a kid. So I can't, yeah. De- yeah. I can't deal with Homeward Bound right now, you guys. <laughs> fair, Sorry. fair, totally. My fair. family does this terrible thing where when we pick each other up from the airport. Uh, and we're walking out of the airport arrival gate. We sing the Homeward Bound theme song Aww. really loud mm. to each other. It's annoying. Mm. No, <laughs> that's super nice though. I like. Yeah. That. Is it? <laughs> Is I, it? I was just thinking. Did you all watch where the red fern grows? Nope. Yes. Nope. Too sad. Nope. Yes, and I regretted it. Too sad. <laughs> too I don't know soon. why, but I like, thought you said too soon, and I was like, that was too great, but it is too soon. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we had we had like a yeah. VHS copy of it, but we only had like the second half on the VHS copy. So I only ever saw the like second half where the goddamn dog dies over and over again. God. <laughs> Two dogs. Matt, the first dog dies, and the second dog dies of grief. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That is so f- like boy. Like why they would make you children make read this book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I'm aware of the plot, and oh, okay, that's sorry. why I've never read it. Like, <laughs> yeah, just, like smart man. <laughs> I don't, I've like, never I just, read it either. I just like had this like these weird memories of like VHSs with like half a movie on them. Oh. <laughs> Look, I mean it makes sense, you know. Like, why would you want to record the whole movie? That half must have only been recorded because. Well, they didn't probably know it was. because it was on <laughs> it was on on TV and like you know they my parents only saw that it was on halfway through and so sure. that's when they hit record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I yeah. used to believe it's because they didn't know what it was. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, they knew what it was because my mom would sit me down and watch it with us. <laughs> Do people Weird. like that? Do people like like grief, yeah no grief some people porn. <laughs> I guess. I mean, again, I'm Some the guy who likes this weird, sad shit. Like, yeah. again, as, as established earlier on in this episode. I'm going to say this, and it's going to sound like I'm copying it from Phoebe from Friends, but legitimately, I do stop watching sad movies before the sad part. Oh, yeah. So, like, Moulin Rouge, hmm. I stop before the, I stop when the curtain comes down in Moulin Rouge. I'm like, and they lived happily ever after. Hooray. Yeah. Or, like, My Fair Lady, I stop before she goes back to stupid Henry Higgins. I'm uh, very proud to doing this. Yeah. Garbage. Garbage. I, I, that He's a trash bird. Henry Higgins is a trash oh, bird. Absolutely a trash bird. Owned. Solid own. Hundo P. So, so what, what other historical fantasies are there? Like, is, is, oh, uh, is like, yes. Naomi so, Novik or her fantasies? Yes, Temeraire, absolutely. Okay. Yes. Oh, Temeraire, I wasn't even thinking that. I was thinking Uprooted. Sure, that too. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Is like, I, I would I read say the first it's a little. Novel. I liked it, that. Yeah, uprooted and like spinning silver feel a little more like secondary worldy, but mm-hmm. I mean, I they're, think spinning yeah, silver. I don't know. I think because spinning silver has such a heavy um, plot line about uh, Judaism. Yeah, to right. me, that felt more yeah. um, rooted in the real world. 
um, than uprooted. But yeah, no, totally. Those are definitely like ones yeah. that exist. Yeah, I was thinking of Temeraire uh, specifically. Temeraire, I, yeah, me too. I liked. I only read the first novel, but I liked. I liked that the one. first one. It was honestly diminishing returns after that. Fair. I yeah. like all of them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Matt really liked all of that. Rude. I'm so sorry. Well, you know what I liked? I liked that she Again, had the balls. I never read past the first one. So I liked okay. that she had the balls to just have Napoleon invade England. She was just like, whatever, fuck it. I'm doing it. It's my alternate timeline. Yeah. I'm just going to do whatever I want. And I respected that a lot. Yeah, exactly. That's what you got to do. If you've got dragons. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was I, also why thinking. Why stop of, there? Go ahead. No, I was that, also thinking of um, Everfair by Nisi Shawl, which is um, an alternate history. Oh, I still um, read that one. That one's in, on my Kindle. Uh, <laughs> I've never read that. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. I was thinking of also of stuff that's not like not no magic, but like clearly a fantasy like Dorothy Dunnett. Um, oh, sure. Or sure. like uh, Patrick uh, O'Brien. I mean, that stuff is like. Oh, yeah. I, I think that it's, it's not clearly hitting a lot of like fantasy boxes, but it's it's a fantasy. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's just kind of. There's got to be a difference between a fantasy and fantasy, though. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I mean, because if you're saying it like that, then Jane Austen is a fantasy, right? Because she's, I guess you know, it's fair. right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Draw she's not dealing somewhere. with. Yeah. 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 It's a fantasy what, of 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 kind of life undisturbed by anything that's I, not yeah, kind of I like wanna, white prosperity. Yeah, very fair. I want to ask, what was your reaction to me mentioning mentioning those stories? You guys <laughs> both had like de- a definite reaction. What what's what's up? Uh, we, read, we, we read one for podcasts. Uh-huh. We did, yeah. We we had we had it was confusing. It was a confusing um there's so much boat talk. There's yeah. so much boats. There's yeah, the the so author of boat so boat. The author of uh, the comic check please read the Patrick O'Brien books and she posted a thing that was like, yeah, these books are like 90% or they're like 5% the two main characters being so attracted to each other it's blinding. Yeah. 1% way more talk of sodomy than you were anticipating. <laughs> way more. Way more. Yeah. And and 90% welcome to boat college dumbass. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely, such a good day. That's, that's so funny. I think you have to really love boat college, but I mean, like, I don't. I will. I will. Yeah. I mean, I will say I did love the Master and Commander movie, though. That movie oh was fun no. Movie. It's a fun I like movie. boat college. Yeah. I think this is also love why it. people like Moby Dick. Like, like whaling college is like. I love Moby really Dick interesting. For the whaling. Like, I love the whale chapters of Moby it's Dick. Interesting. This podcast. I'm genuinely <laughs> interested in that. <laughs> Jenny has left the chat. I had to I had to read it twice in college. Twice. That's too many times. You only ever need to read it one time. Yeah, I know. You're done. Yeah. I was like I was trying to look up before this podcast examples of like parallel stories and I just like I, then I got stuck on this one made up joke from the movie Wag the Dog and couldn't move past <laughs> it. But a character in Wag the Dog, um, his claim to like his claim to fame was that he made a bunch of money from a movie. From from the whale's perspective. <laughs> <laughs> so good. That's such so a good, good. joke. Really such a good joke. I was like, That's wait, is really Wag the Dog good. good? Should I watch Wag the Dog? Really okay, good. okay. I actually, I, I have a, I have a really strong opinion about this. It is good. Turn it off before the end. I will tell you when. <laughs> okay. okay. Fair. Fair. It has a, very it has fair. a real downer ending. Yeah, from the whale's perspective. <laughs> That, I feel like now, now all I can think about is wanting like a sci-fi version of that where like the whale is like a like an oh. AI it's called ship. N- Nova. You know? I thought you meant, thought you meant wag the dog. Nova by right. Fair, fair, fair. 
That, that yeah, also is... also a sci-fi version of Wag the Dog. That sounds yeah, like a I would totally. Either. I would oh, that also. That. You know what that is? that's uh, that's Interface by by Neil Stevenson actually. Oh great! I'm definitely never going to read it. Yeah, it's Which literally. Way? I mean, it's not literally Wag the Dog, but it's kind of exactly. Wait, interface? Wag. Well, yeah. I don't. I never even heard. He of wrote that it way. under a pen name with with uh, someone else. With uh, oh, okay. Was that the one he wrote with his uncle? Because didn't he write a bunch? I, this is not I interesting know, in the least. Yeah, sorry, I'm going sorry, to sorry, stop sorry, talking sorry. about Neil Stevenson on our podcast. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Actually, though, speaking of Neil Stevenson, he has the Baroque Cycle books, which are like I've read those. I, I didn't. Is, I didn't right? want to bring it up because she's too famous. Whatever. Right. I, 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 but I no, like. But I like those, those. I'm like. I'm like. Those are some like historical those. fantasy books. I know. They Look are. Yeah. I know some books. <laughs> no. So. Well, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say like the, a whole other I I'm like a big fan of like just like weird associations. So, I was going to bring up like a whole other thing we could talk about with historical fantasy is historical fantasy in other in other literary traditions. Like obviously, mm. I love Chinese shit and right. like China has a incredibly old and storied tradition of fantasy set in previous dynasties. Which oh, is great. awesome. Someone needs me to talk about the untamed. I was like, is this? This is. Did you plan this? Nope. <laughs> I'm watching it's that. Perfect. I like the untamed. Let's yeah, go there. How far Let's are you? go how there. Far are you? Oh my I god. I just started. Don't untamed. don't spoil oh. it. I'm like episode like five. Don't spoil it. But I know. I have watched other long Chinese serials that sure, are fantasy, sure. and so I, 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 I have some expectations, perhaps that that. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Whatever you want to say. So I, I still don't really know what the Untamed is, other than I've seen Whiskey Jenny tweeting about it for like two months now. Really? No, it's me. It's Gin Jenny. Sorry, Gin Jenny. Gin no, Jenny. Okay. I, I pointed in her window, but I don't actually know if that's where your it's window is. It's funny enough that's the other direction, so it looked like you were pointing at yourself. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a wuxia, like, uh, it's a, you know, Chinese fantasy situation um and it's about gosh it's about warring magical clans yeah it's about warring romance and friendship yeah Mm. and like siblings there's like if you're if you enjoy like sibling emotional stuff it's very good on that um it's good i would say if you watch it the first two episodes don't make any sense at all so just um just hang in there it's gonna it's all gonna come clear to you when you when you press on but you need the first two for background Honestly, you don't. I think that you could skip them and watch them in the correct chronological order, but I have been shouted down in this opinion. So, oh, man, it's so interesting. Like, I have only talked about this show with Chinese people and they have like that. That is like such an unexpected opinion to me. Like, like I, I, I had no idea you would think like, but it makes sense. Like, of course, like if like the first two episodes actually don't make a lot of sense if you like like they're anyway that's that it makes a lot of sense and i'm intrigued yeah yeah no i thought i was stupid i was like i'm too stupid for the show no 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 it's, it's enjoyable but i'm it's, dumb it's a like it's like a typical way that this sort of show will start actually okay good to know it's not good the only know. like there are other ways but like no sure yeah like is it like there's like a time jump situation yes, yes. yeah but yeah, it's it not within out- one episode it's like there's multiple episodes then yes. a time jump Kind of, yeah. It, it starts with um Sorry. Yes. It yeah, no, it does. It starts with um the main character dying. Um and 
Yeah. Spoilers. That's well, literally the, the first thing. Literally that the first thing. That's, that, that, that's the joke. I get it. I'm so I, sorry. I I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Other people are listening who might not know how much. Um. Yeah. And I then feel. it. And then it flashes forward 16 years, and he is resurrected under mysterious circumstances. Oh. Yeah. And some stuff happens, and some stuff happens, and then it goes into flashbacks to like before he died in the first place oh. to kind of lead up to how he died basically okay. i okay, see yeah. that is convoluted but i kind of like yes it. it is it's a little it's a little tricky yeah so in terms of chinese historical fantasies this is also actually i don't know if matt clued me in on this or if sam did but um the red cliff movies which are two movies yeah. in china got released here as a single movie but the chinese version hmm. is like definitely superior and like those are this like um it's like a section from like the romance of the three kingdoms that gets like turned into this like kind of historical epic. But there's also like vague fantasy fantasy esque kind of elements to it. It's like it's like, you know, it's it's like an action historical action movie and like with like a little bit of like Wuxia kind of like elements to it. And I Loved those. Definitely mm. watched them multiple times with like no marijuana involved whatsoever. <laughs> like loved sure. doing it. Loved it. Uh, watch those a button. But also I remember like the first, I, I felt like I watched them once and then had to watch them again to actually understand what was going mm-hmm. on. Cause it was such a, if nothing else, just such a, um, like different genre conventions and different storytelling yeah. conventions. Yeah, I mean, that's the and like thing. just it's, the way yeah. the story gets told is so different. And it was like very um, unfamiliar in that way. Oh, yeah. Liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, lo- I love that stuff. I love like, I love the idea of like starting a story that is uh, where I have like no idea what expectations I'm supposed to have like going into oh, it. I don't like that. Yeah. i know i i I think a lot of people it's like the opposite like it it goes along with the fact that i don't like spoilers like a lot of people like enjoy knowing what's going to happen and they sort of want to sort of experience it you know as a story that they are familiar with our guests are literally from a podcast called reading the end yeah but it's it's just me it's not it's not whiskey jenny's fault she's not she's yeah (laughs) i do remember like the point on air in one of the last episodes i didn't mention it in the episode but you can hear on air when you mention like reading the end and that being the name of your blog and me getting it and like you can you somehow me getting it is audible i'm not sure how that (laughs) works but it is true i actually do remember that i remember that happening yeah that's so funny (laughs) i just want to go back to like um genre conventions for a minute because Mm. i was looking up um uh we had mentioned maybe we wanted to talk about like malaysian our experience with malaysian fiction (laughs) oh yeah remember zen show yeah right (laughs) and uh we're talking about a book yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) but uh i had to make up for this because my experience with previously with reading malaysian fiction or history is zero so i was like well what can i bring to the table and there is a very um uh there's like a strong oral tradition and a strong very strong oral poetry tradition in Malaysia mm. apparently and there's one uh form um with the i think it's like uh a b a b and quatrains and usually 8 to 10 syllables so that it has the same rhythm per line um and it 
uh, there are these like th- like all the symbols are the same across them, and and everyone just knows the symbols um, according to Wikipedia. Uh, like a uh, like basil represents a lover because it rhymes with the mm. word for basil, and Ooh. the flower and the bee are a girl and her lover. A squirrel is a seducer, which I thought was great. Uh, that is great. Water hyacinth is love won't take root. Oh, uh, and it's just all like really like, and I love that sort of like convention and shared language that ev- like everyone has to bring to the table to understand mm. this book or learn to understand this book. And I, I found it fascinating. Squirrel, That's the really seducer, cool. right? That's crazy. Squirrels are terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, it fits with how could something saying, terrible seduce right? anyone. <laughs> 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 yeah, unheard of in modern history. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah, I um I uh I don't know if I've I think I have discussed this probably before on the pod, but I study Chinese literature in college and that's one of the reasons I keep referring to it, but um one of the one of my favorite classes I ever took was a class in Chinese uh on the like the literature of the Mandarin language diaspora. Um, which Ooh, includes a bunch of right. Malaysian stuff. And we read yeah. a bunch of Malaysian stuff and it was really, really interesting. And I think from from my perspective reading it as somebody who had spent like most of their, most of the rest of their academic career, like learning about sort of Mandarin literature, like liter- not Mandarin, but like literature in Chinese from China. It was very, it was very interesting. I, I it was almost the, the most it was it was almost like the the most different from what I expected of all of the different sort of types mm. of and like part of the reason for that is is just that like I think um one of the one of the most interesting and like far away from from your experience types of literature is the literature that's composed of is the literature that's created from like two people neither of whom is from your culture meeting each other mm. and interacting with each other and you're mm-hmm. like not even involved you know, so mm-hmm. the 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 experience of of uh, Chinese language writers living in R- Malaysia or dealing with Malaysian history or kind of responding to um, things that like, you know, in Malaysian history, like one element that has a, that occurred in a lot of the stories that we read was uh, prejudice against Chinese people. And yeah, the various this pogroms. is like one of yeah. three things that I know about Malaysia. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and like the way that this was depicted in these stories often was was in a magical realist way. So there would it would oh, be very similar. It was very very influenced by like actual magical realism. It was clearly like you know mm. responding to you know Marquez and 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 so on and and like it was it was really good and it was it was also like I think that's something we haven't di- addressed directly like the 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 legacy of magical realism, which is this very mm. which is which is very closely tied to historical fantasy. I think. Because it's mm-hmm. yes, definitely it's very political, and it's very much about like specific, like political mm-hmm. events in recent memory. But mm-hmm. it's about taking them and kind of converting them somehow to this like other, mm-hmm. um, to this to this world adjacent to our own. That's that's. Um, I mean, I, honestly, it, it is a lot like like spinning silver is kind of doing something similar. You know, that's actually why I really like the. Um I, and I haven't read the true queen yet, obviously, but that's what I really liked about um, Sorcerer's of the Crown because um, the setting in a lot of ways felt really familiar because it's this Regency England setting, which, um, you know, I've read a lot of books set in that world, just in, in romance, Jane Austen, Georgette Heyer, like all these areas. Um, but whereas a lot of the books that I've read in the past um, kind of make invisible the patriarchy and the workings of empire, um, 
Sorcerer of the Crown really leans into those elements. Um, mm. So, so with that book, and I think probably with the True Queen, um, all the things that I already enjoyed about that setting are still present. But there's this wonderful corrective thing where I'm not being asked to mainly empathize with people whose luxury and whose lives are bought at the price of the entire rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like a post-colonial Regency England is a really kind of interesting type of historical fantasy that I definitely have never read before. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's just, I really love that Zen Cho is kind of asserting the need for space for, for that type of story in mm-hmm. this type of setting. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, I mean, you see so little of it in Jane Austen, for example. You right. know, it's mentioned very briefly in Mansfield Park and I think that's exactly really it. well the, and the like the the very sort of like indirect mentions of it you right. get, like 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 in uh whatever persuasion I remember like there's a lot of talk about like or in other ones too there's a lot of talk about like people who are like in the navy you know needing to like you know have some action in order to, so that they can get a prize and then that will secure their financial future like what does that mean like what is behind that what is what is causing that economic reality to be to right. be the case like <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's really exciting i love that there's a lot of this is something i think that is like a very more recent kind of historical fantasy um it's not um i know so one thing i am aware of is there is a longer tradition in america than people think of uh politically active sort of people who represent like disenfranchised groups writing science fiction or fantasy about their political situation, like W.E.B. Du Bois and like um, the author of Herland, whose name I can never remember. Charlotte Perkins. Charlotte Perkins. That, that, that tradition is even older than them. Like people often refer to them as though they're the first, they weren't the first, like people were, you know, going even further back. And I think there's like, there's a really cool thing that's happened recently, which is that that stuff has become a lot more mainstream. And, um, kind of come come to be noticed a little more which is nice so it's gonna be really it's gonna be fun to read this book i'm excited yeah i'm also so fascinated that um with sorcerer to the crown uh i think there was still a very deliberate choice to make it like as um as as fun and enjoyable and pleasurable as those other books and i think that it is a very um uh like what you said earlier about um Actually, now I can't remember if it's on air or not. But anyway, so that um, it's the uh, finding joy is so important, um, particularly in genres, and is much more explicit. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I mean, I think that that's something that, again, is um, a more recent thing, because I think in the past and still now, to some degree, um, there's this kind of impulse by uh gatekeepers in more powerful groups to say, well, the only stories that we want for marginalized authors are about like trauma and pain. Um, and I think that's shifting to some extent, obviously with, with Sorcerer to the Crown it is. Um, but just to have a, a really much broader range of stories that are available to be told, which is great, which I love obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or to even yeah. address, to, you know, to still address those same issues, but in a different way, I think, um, uh, like tragedy gets privileged so much more than comedy, even if you're talking about the same thing. Yeah, that's right. that's profoundly true. I was going to ask you guys, like, what I wanted to talk a little bit more about this sort of the line between historical fantasy and fantasy fantasy, 
you know, like obviously we talked a little about secondary worlds and that being like one way to distinguish things, but like even secondary worlds, obviously like, owe a lot to real history for inspiration, you know, um, it's a, a very common way of making a secondary world is to sort of take one historical counterfactual and be like, well, what if the other thing happened, you know, and then I'll make that my or secondary just the world. general, like kind of Tolkien style, like, you know, sure. kind of like yeah. medieval European fantasy secondary world stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think your responsibilities are different as an author. What do you mean? Hmm. Um, gosh, what do I mean? What indeed do I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it was so good, though. But, but, I, but I, do why, I do want you to unpack it a little. Yeah. You sold it. I was, I was just it. thinking of when I as I was leading up to saying it, I was thinking of all the things that I meant. And then they just like dropped straight out of my head. Uh. Um, I had like 16 examples. Oh, I know an example. Um, I think that. I, I mean, regardless, I think when you're writing something that draws inspiration from um, from existing worlds, you are running the risk of inviting the exact same criticisms you would get if you were actually writing something that took place in that world. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Game of Thrones books, of course, are drawing on kind of the Wars of the Roses, etc. Um, but, you know, they, they have gotten dinged for being like super white and the way they write about the, um, oh, what the are they? The Dothraki. The Dothraki, yeah. Um, the way Don't they write about those is kind of Matt, Matt <laughs> has a lot of opinions about those. Yeah, those are I mean, correct well, opinions to be clear. And, and, and correctly, yeah, like partaking of these stereotypes. Um, so I don't think that you dodge those by by writing secondary world fantasy. But I think that when you're writing um, something that takes place in the quote unquote real world, um, you have to be, I think, uh, even more careful that you are writing in a way that doesn't sort of. <sighs> Like erase, erase. erase. the same erase uh, yeah. yeah oh absolutely yeah like erase existing history um or well and the, the classic example of this is the whole race fail 09 thing um that mm. happened kind of from elizabeth bears talking about writing about marginalized groups but one of the other big things that came up in that um in that event was that patricia c reed who is an author that again sorcery and cecilia loved her books when i was a kid um, but she wrote this series that was a historical fantasy set in the, like on the Western frontier of America. And there just weren't any native people hey. just in this world. There just weren't any native people. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that you're, you may get dinged either way, whether you're writing secondary world fantasy or not. Mm. But when you were writing something that's set in the real world, I do think you have to just be a lot more careful because you're writing yeah. about real people's lives and you're touching on real people's historical trauma. Right. Um, yeah. So I do I feel think like you're that's often like authors from a certain point of privilege will be like, well, the way that I will address this is by like making it disappear. Right. Yes. Like white authors are like, oh, well, I'll write a word world without racism. And it's like, well, yeah, like maybe you've done that successfully or like maybe you haven't because you have your own internalized racism. And so now it's just. I, I don't know, like that kind of stuff can get very icky very quickly yeah, for me. It's yes. really we, interesting. We subtweet Docile once again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. I was like, what is the name of that book? Obsequious? <laughs> what is it? That Jen Jenny can't shut up about. Obedient. <laughs> <laughs> it's made me hate the word docile. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, but is I, it docile, not do- docile? Oh, I don't know. I, I think it's. I say whatever. docile. I think it's. Yeah, or accents. I said docile. Um, fair. Uh, I was going to say, I think that's a really interesting point because it's sort of. Um, that definitely is the way that people, I think what you've described is like the way that people really think, but I'm not sure it should be that way. Like, I, I feel like, you know, when people make secondary worlds, like maybe they should be more responsible in how they do it. Maybe they should have the same level of responsibility that they have to, you know, you know, as I was speaking, I was contradicting myself in my own mind because, (laughs) because I just read this book, uh, the poppy war by RK Kwong. 
um, which mm, is I've set yeah. in kind of, yeah, which is set in kind of like fantasy uh, East Asia. And at the end of the, I'm going to spoil it, but I do think Whatever. this is very irresponsible and the author should not have done it. Um, at the end of the first book in the series, the protagonist um, basically sets off a magic atomic bomb in fantasy Japan that destroys all of fantasy Japan. And I just don't think you should be a Chinese author writing a fantasy in which all of fantasy Japan is destroyed. That's really, really yeah. on the nose. Yeah. That's I also I also want to add, I don't think anyone should be writing a fantasy in which all of fantasy yeah. Japan gets destroyed. Yeah, I, I, I that really bothers me. I think Yeah. Um, I hated it. It really upset me. Like yeah, I think yeah, that I, I would classify like without knowing anything about this story other than what you've just said, like that sounds like it's, you know, veering into tricky territory of of like somebody is either experiencing like very direct, like in your face xenophobia or they are like experiencing kind of their own hidden predilection, predilection or like, you know, constrained well, by I, this, you know, structure of xenophobia. Um, yeah. Well, and I looked it up and what happened in real history uh, at this point in the conflict in real life is that America dropped uh, the atomic bombs on Japan. But as you will recall, Japan is still around. Yeah. So it's pretty different. Right. It's a very sensitive topic. The atomic bomb, the sensitivity of the of the atomic bomb in Japan is is perhaps um, difficult for Americans to grasp um, because it's so long ago. None of us were alive. Our parents weren't even alive in many cases. Like, mm -hmm. like it's and ultimately I mean, it's, it didn't affect us directly like it did the Japanese yeah, people. But I think people in Japan are. I, it's it's a it's a much more sensitive topic than I think many Americans would would expect. Perhaps I I feel like that's very understandable though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's I mean it's a it's an unprecedented before since historical atrocity. Yeah. So. And 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 uh, on the other side like sort of sentiment in China like regardless of the feelings that this author has, I don't know, you know, regardless of yeah, the sure, intentions of yeah. the author, I don't know. <clears throat> but I haven't even read the book. But like it is true that right now in throughout East Asia there's a lot of anti-Japanese sentiment um especially in China, mm -hmm. primarily in China. And, uh, and that sentiment is often expressed in ways that I think are like really not good. <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of, I mean, there's, there's a very famous movie directed by Jiang Wen, who's like this sort of celebrated Chinese filmmaker who wins awards and is like feted at like Venice and Berlin and Cannes and, and like the name of the movie is Guizalila. And that means like, it's a slur. It's a racial slur mm -hmm. against Japanese people. Yeah. The name of the movie. It's very nasty. It's very nasty. But that's the name of the movie. <laughs> and that's also what it's about. <laughs> so but, I mean, I do. I do... Go ahead. I, I, I guess I am. I am legitimately curious. Like this could I, I, I worry about asking this because I don't want to come off as like devil's advocate so much as I do like legit kind of curious about how we think about this, which is like at the same time, like during World War Two, Japan, like was the aggressor against China, which is like history that doesn't get taught. Yeah in japan right that's yeah, false. I mean, and, it, and it certainly that comes is false <laughs> <laughs> okay okay that's the difference okay. no 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 it's a it's a common misconception i think people hear news stories about how like oh such and such a japanese historical textbook has like omitted blah 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 but like the actual reality is like most it's exactly like american history textbooks in high school right there but, are but that's, these that's that's yeah. that, that, that's what i mean so yeah. so I, I i guess sort of like the question is like you know we have 
read on this podcast even stories by black authors who write about you know like the total destruction of the american system because of the like implicit racism of the american system and so i wonder like what exactly is the difference between a black author in america writing that and us being relatively okay with it versus a Chinese author writing about the destruction of Japan based on these sort of like historical atrocities. And again, I don't mean this in a like devil's advocate. I think they're the same way. I I mean, it in a legit, like I don't know if I fully understand the difference there. Yeah. It's, I think it's a fair question. I don't understand. I don't want to claim to be an expert, you know, like I, I I don't want to sort of portray myself as somebody who's like, you know, the right person to ask these questions to fair right Um, right but i you know i have i have my own view uh which is that it's not without having read this book without knowing really anything about it I, i mainly i don't know but it's it's a troubling it's i like troubling is the word that comes to mind because well i yeah i would also say i i don't think that there's any circumstance in which i would be able to enjoy a book that advocated genocide yeah fair right right and, and that, I, that I, is where it, i don't right. i don't want to be i don't want to i don't want to um i don't want to do the poppy war a wrong here i would say that um it, to some degree i i think the author intended to recognize the the weight of genocide um committed by the protagonist i don't necessarily know that she was successful at least in the mm. first book in doing mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. um but I, w- I would definitely say that that really any book that that advocated genocide uh, or not advocated any book that tried to sort of sympathize with or, yeah. or humanize the act of genocide. I personally have a really hard time with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because so I, you know, what about the like Broken Earth trilogy, though? Well, we're like Alabaster is like one of the main characters, but also. Yeah. So let me tell you what, I don't remember it that well. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I, have, I have a thought about that. I have a thought about that, yeah. which is I think that there's a difference between somebody who is um, an insider um, talking about it and somebody who is an outsider talking about it. Mm-hmm. It, it yeah. feels different when you're talking about destroying someone else than when you're talking about destroying yourself, so to speak, um, yeah, or destroying sure. like this thing that is also yours. Um Now that's not, I don't think that that's like a, that statement I just made is like sufficient to like sweep this all away. But it, that is a thought that occurs to me thinking about why it feels different. Um, Right. And again, I'm also asking these questions like without agenda and with legit, like not having read this book and like being kind of curious about this stuff too. I mean, another thing that I would say is that I, I feel like as an American who has like tried to educate myself about these issues. I have a clearer grasp of the extent to which America doesn't exist without the oppression of black enslaved people. And then later, um, you know what I mean? So, so the, the dynamics to me feel, feel different than with two countries who historically have kind of, been back and forth in been, different ways. Right, been right, back and forth. Right. I mean, it's a it's a, to me a pretty different um that and that's see that actually is very fair and that makes a lot of sense. As well as I hadn't like considered the genocide aspect versus the sort of like aspect of like destroying yeah. it. Like there's a difference between destroying everything and like destroying a people. And that that right. is totally true. Right. Yeah. I mean especially out of revenge. Especially right. destroying a people out of revenge. It's yeah. it's so complicated too because like, you know, it's it is actually very complicated to talk about it in the context of America because we you know, we are like, like, you know, many other nations, we are a nation that was built on this. 
and mm -hmm. it is mm -hmm. it is the stuff that's buried right under our buildings you know and right. it's uh and bringing up revenge makes it all the more sort of i mean of course revenge like that's a part of any story that like massive destruction is going to like if 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 we're talking about broken earth and the the the, the resonance that that has with like sort of american politics it's like some of the same issues are are do arise. I don't think it's crazy to sort of ask these questions at all, Adrian. Like I think it's like a totally reasonable mm -hmm. set of questions to ask. Uh, there's another thing that occurs to me too, which is like power relations. I think are really important. Yes, yeah, mm -hmm. right. Um, it's one thing when uh, somebody who is sort of uh, uh, like a member of a disadvantaged group or a disenfranchised group or like a historically sort of. Right. Um, disempowered group. group um is going to like uh create a story about this sort of thing um it's another thing when somebody does that and they are affiliated with a group now i don't want to say that this all i don't even know who this guy is or what this book is you know i but as a general statement not relating specifically to that book if that's possible right. um it's another thing when you're in the you're you're like a sort of representing or affiliated with this group of people where, you know, other people in that group, maybe powerful political people in that group mm -hmm. are making mm -hmm. statements that are uh, provocative, that are, you know, in the direction, gesturing in the right. direction of the same sorts of things that you're saying. I mean, I think like the power aspect matters a lot in these kind of discussions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially well, when the power can like change historically like over time yeah. and was not now yeah. what it once was. And that is actually important. You know, well, that I totally also think makes that sense. I also think the closeness of the analog makes a difference because in the in the book that I was talking about, the Poppy War, there's a very clear, like you know which one's fantasy China and you know which one's fantasy Japan. Yeah. It's very clear. Right. Whereas I think the Broken Earth has kind of a less obvious one to one correlation. Yeah, that's tr definitely true. to the to the real world. So I think that again uh, sets the author at a remove, mm -hmm. a moral remove from from the real world and the responsibility that they have to real populations who have suffered. Right. Right. This got so heavy y'all. We were it talking did, about bees did. a minute ago. Man. I'm so sorry. Well, no, I'm it's the one okay. who I mean like, listen, we're going to have Death to talk about like colonial relations when we like talk about this book. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good true. practice as much as like, you know, it's, that is a thing. It's, it's true. so on brand that I brought genocide <laughs> into the room. Yeah. I mean, but it's like, guess, you know, it's really important. Say, it's like for all the reasons that you were saying, you know, about Regency literature, like this is, this is right. the buried subject structure of a lot of yeah. these stories that we grew up loving right and, right. I, yeah. and I think and I, yeah. it is responsible to try to engage with it even if we slip up even if we sound like idiots even if we you know if, if, as long as we're like really humble and like willing to accept that we might sound bad and dumb like right you know. and i think i think i like my sort of like maybe the the thing i'm realizing i have like some maybe discomfort with i, I don't even know that that even feels like kind of a strong word but it's like maybe want to recognize it's like you know we're all white people like talking about this yeah. stuff and like right. you know i think there's some element of like like i always have this i often have this um you know, like reading Broken Earth or reading some of these other stories, like I will read these kind of, you know, like what ultimately are fantasies of like, you know, like I and my people have been wrong for generations. And like, I'm like kind of expressing this like desire I sometimes have to like break it all down. Right. And like, I will have sometimes this, um, you know, kind of response to that of like, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Like that too is bad. Right. Like don't give in to that desire. And like what I always try to do is right, like, cause then it's like, Oh, then you're no better than they are. That's right. always and like, thing. and I yeah. don't want to go there and I do want to like, you know, not police other people expressing their feelings, even when their feelings are maybe kind of like, 
in some ways gross and bad and unrelatable or whatever. Right. And like, I think that's maybe some of what I'm coming from here is like, I think there are actually legit, like kind of like power structure reasons that like that kind of story is like not great. Right. But also like, I think I'm coming at it from this feeling of like, well, I also don't want to like necessarily like police the feelings and like maybe even like really messing feelings of someone else who like, I fully don't understand. Well, I think as with many things, it really comes down to the skill of the author. Yeah. Um, and, and, and as particularly to how deeply the author has thought through the issues, because mm-hmm. I think, you know, like talking about Patricia C. Reed or, or various other books that kind of present an alternate America, um, often you can really tell when the author and often mostly it's white authors who just really haven't given that much thought totally. to the implications of the world that they're creating. And I think that a talented author can do a lot and, and um, kind of engage a reader in ideas that we would not necessarily in our real morality mm-hmm. be in on. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a really important but, point. But, yeah. yeah, I think it is too. And that's also, and it's all sort of the, like the flip side of what I'm saying too is like, you know, there's also, it's not to say that like, we can't be critical of people because sure. they're not, you know, <laughs> whatever. Right. Like, it's like, it's also like, you know, just because you have like ideas or feelings on like one axis doesn't mean there aren't like other intersectional axes that like cross with that and, you know, like potentially make what you're doing. Not great. I mean, again, docile becomes like a great point here of like, sure. In some ways it's a queer story, but also in other ways, it's like a deeply problematic story and it's worth like teasing those things apart instead of saying like, we can't talk about it because it's, you know, whatever on one access. <laughs> it's tough. I mean, I think as soon as you start acknowledging that it's tough, it's like everything is tough, right? Every right, aspect of yeah, it is yeah. tough. Yeah. But, but you know, I think it's good to acknowledge that it's tough. Again, especially as like white people talking about this who like all want to be able to dig into it, but also, you know, we're not going to do it perfectly. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. We're all, we're all sitting on a bed of bones. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fun. <laughs> I think um, I think in Jen Jenny's little topic summary you brought up how to um, just to talk about in general uh, when non-white authors basically write um, stories and how important it is to make sure that that keeps happening and I'm thinking um, of that in relation to what you're talking about in like thinking about the implications of what you're writing um, and like thinking uh, through everything and how I think I'm sort of th- formulating this thought as I'm talking, but I think that that's podcasting, baby. It's podcasting. <laughs> it's happening. The magic right in front of your eyes. But I think there's something Buckle about, up. yeah, I think there's something about um, like not being in the privileged majority that makes you automatically have to work that part of your brain more where you have to think more stringently about what implication your actions will have against you and your friends and your family. And I think that that gives you a leg up in writing about those kinds of stories and having, and having that um, like, like forethought and, and care and precision. Um, I, uh, remember the T.S. Eliot letters that came out <laughs> last year, um, where his uh, like f- this is the pettiest thing in the world. But the letters- it was the greatest day of my life. What was it? <laughs> the letters to Emily who who was it? Emily Hale. Oh, uh, the Emily Hale letters got released last year, I think. 
And T.S. Eliot in The Pettiest Move of Petty Moves was like, okay, but when you release these letters, you have to release this letter in front of them also. And it was like not a great look for T.S. in my opinion, where he was like just totally crapping on Emily Hale and how anyway. Wow. Yeah, he was he was he was shitting on her so comprehensively. And Uh, then at the end, he was like, also, we didn't bone just in case. Also, we didn't bone. And also my new wife, Valerie, is so much better. And it's like, boy, T.S. So, oh, it's so bad. It's, it's embarrassing. You should read. It's a, it's it's so a real funny. ride if it's you want to so go funny. read his wow. letter. But Jin Jenny. Yeah, it really is. Like from the first moment. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> but I remember Jin Jenny was tweeting about it and someone wrote back like, well, have you just thought that maybe he was upset and in love? And Jin Jenny had the most amazing response, I thought, which is like, e- like, yeah, I ha- like, what do you mean? Have I thought about like the majority white male perspective of being hurt? Like every... <laughs> single fiction is about like have I thought about it I have to think about it all the time of course I've thought about it there's no way I can't think about it but I also have to think about my own things yeah it's vital to my fucking personal safety to think about it you know like and so of course I've thought about it so I've thought about those implications and like as a writer I think that just comes through because you have you've had to do it your whole life you have thought about the implications Yeah. yeah that's real Podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. That's real. <laughs> That's very real. Cool. Well, should we maybe do, are there any other things that we want to hit on in this pre-read? Any other well, emotions? Did we, wanna, did we get all the emotions do we wa- yet? <laughs> do we want to talk about the sequel slash companion novel thing or should we save oh, that for next yeah, time? Oh, yeah, yeah. We can probably save a lot of the meat of that for next time. Okay. Um, yeah, we can do that. But I do. I mean, think I think it's such a. I think it's such a great question. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'm kind of like I don't know how to talk about it in the context of this book because I haven't read it yet or the other one. So yeah. I think it'll be in some ways really fun for like me and Matt to get to ask you two about it since you have read okay. none of it and we won't. We won't have unless oh, there's anything specifically right. you also like wanted to say about that kind Mm-mm. of. Up no, I don't think so. We can say that. Just the okay, wag the dog cool, Moby cool. Dick joke. That was it. <laughs> Absolutely. So we covered that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Check yeah. That so that's, that's that's yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much, you two, for coming on and chatting. Thank you uh, so much. For having us. Thank yeah, you. This, it was lovely. this did not, I mean, I like podcasting. This nonetheless didn't feel like a podcast in the best possible way. Like, <laughs> your listeners are going to be like, yeah, it didn't feel like a podcast. <laughs> fucking Why do you laugh all the time? You're not yeah, funny. I'm like I just you feel guys, like... I don't have the patience to cut the laughing, so that's going to stay. I just feel like, I feel like 30% of this podcast was us like airing out our grievances against oh, yeah. animal species. <laughs> we did do a fine. lot of that, didn't we? That's fine. Look, that's probably what they talk about, right? So, I mean, yeah, honestly, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. listen, so man, true. quarantine podcasting is just a different beast. Like, <sighs> folks have to appreciate, like, it is what it is, and we're doing our best over here. For I, sure. um, I was thinking as I was like talking about, like, oh, maybe we should be wrapping up. I was like, I, I was telling a friend recently, like, oh, I no longer have the like oh, well, I have to, like, go somewhere or do something excuse when I'm on a phone call with someone, and I'm also just constantly on phone calls with someone. So the other day, I literally just said to said someone, so, well, I guess it's nap time for me now, so I'm going to hang up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and her response was like, yeah, me too, actually. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> We're on the same time schedule. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> that's funny. So, you know, I feel somewhat like, okay, cool. Well, we did a podcast. I'm going to go to bed now. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> It's also completely yeah, fine. I hopefully that's another thing that will survive the pandemic, which is that the idea that like it's like this shit is fine. Who cares? Like yeah, man. oh, I feel like going now. 
talk to you later. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, for sure. Like, yeah. whatever, yeah. you know, like, yeah, <laughs> we're not going to not yeah. be friends just because you feel like <laughs> being alone now. I often feel like being alone. Yeah, oh, God, if so any true. of my friends didn't want to be friends with me because I wanted to be alone, it would be a rough road for <laughs> me. Right, right. I think yeah. they wouldn't be my friends anymore. So maybe I should calm down yeah. about it a little bit already. Very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so true. It's like the, you know, but it all it all fits under the larger umbrella of like the degree to which this is just like laying bare the fact that like everything's made up. Sure. <laughs> What are you talking but about? I've always said that. Right. That's no, like the I've always said it, but now I like believe it in every single bone in my body in a way that I yeah. just wanted to previously. I took a walk the other day and there weren't any cars on the road and there were too many people on the sidewalks. So I just walked in the street and it was Everything's fine. It's just nonsense. It's just made up nonsense. It doesn't matter. When the cars came, I moved out of the way and they were fine. We do it all the time. <laughs> right. Fuck totally. it. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> this is New York City, and I'm like, you know what? It's fine. It's funny. <laughs> everything's everything's made up is kind of the premise of my favorite show, Black Sails. So, oh, really? Interesting. That's yeah. actually another reason I should go watch that, even though I haven't in the years since you recommended it to me <laughs> <laughs> on our last podcasting session. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, I yeah. yeah. Everything is made up, but also everything matters. And I think that's, yes, the, that's the key the, that's, thing. Yes, that's, I think, the thesis statement of Black Right, Sales. right. Because it's so yeah. frequent to be like, everything's made up and nothing matters. And I think that, you know, if there's anything this is showing us, it's everything's made up and it all but really, also it really, all really matters. matters. That's a great point. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mattering anyway. is made up. <laughs> You're made up. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Trash birds. Trash That's <laughs> definitely made up. Definitely made up. Really, but really doesn't matters. matter. Definitely no. matters. Yeah, definitely matters. <laughs> All right. Well, Ken, thank you so much, guys. I really yeah. appreciate it. Thank that. you. Yeah, seriously. I, I, I really love like the I don't want like I don't, I'm trying to find the right sincere words to say that this is like really really fun and I appreciate it. So I'll just say no, that. No, this was great. And no, I, I, I promise I promise for the post read I'll be like focused. I mean, I was thinking I really appreciate don't, this don't, and don't care. Don't write checks you can't cash. But <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> Whiskey Jenny's like I know her. She cannot focus. Oh my god! She's, what are you talking about? You're the focused one among us. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm, I can among, among the two I of us. I won't be focused. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <sighs> Cool. Um, nice. Wait, so folks can find you reading the end.com is the blog and at reading the end on Twitter. Are there other things? You all are on like Goodreads or whatever. Do people do that now? Yeah, yeah we're both on Goodreads as Whiskey Jenny and Gin Jenny. Um, and we're on patreon.com slash reading the end if you want to kick us some money in these troubled times. Do it. I hope, kick I hope it. folks do. Kick the cash. Yep. Yeah. Or don't. Whatever. Whatever. Whatever you <laughs> yeah. need to do right now, people. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Just get by. Real. Just get by, friends. Live. <laughs> do it for um, the Jennies. Live. Do it for the Jennies. <laughs> live. Live for all of us. Live for podcasting. Live so that you can don't hear the next for podcast where we'll all be together. <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, yeah. We're at Spectology Pod on Twitter and SpectologyPod at gmail.com if you want to email us. We've actually gotten some 
really nice and sweet emails recently during pandemic Aww. times and like tweets and stuff. She's been like very, I've been very like heartwarmed about it. Um, Yay. So thank you. Also, a few people asked how I was doing and like I should, should have said this earlier, like I'm fine. I quarantined like no symptoms at any point. So, you know, either I didn't get it or I'm a carrier and I don't know, but I haven't gone outside without wearing a mask for two months. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, and yeah, we will be back for a post read again. Days are made up, and you know, at some point, <laughs> we'll be yeah, this time month. is a flat circle, right? Exactly. Months still have meaning because I do still have to pay rent, but days don't really anymore. <laughs> rent is definitely um, made up. <laughs> uh, tell me about it. <laughs> Get into that off air. It's another pod. <laughs> Full my like politics account for that one. <laughs> um, cool. Well, thank you, Chin Jenny, Whiskey Jenny, Matt Jenny. Thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you, Adrian Jenny. Thank you. We can't. Thank you we, we can't steal their shtick. I almost said steal their shtick, but we can't. Like it's it's good <laughs> and, and it's there. You can't yeah. steal it. We can't steal it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you you you're you're inherently prevented because you don't have the same name. We just happen to have the same name. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. You have the same name. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, cool. All right. Well, thank you very much, guys. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye, guys. All right. I'm stopping. Stop.